this subject here, talking about the Psalms. And today we're going to, uh, this is the 14th part in this series, and we're going to cover Psalm 140. But really, it's uh, more of a theme today on many of the Psalms that you read in the Bible's Old Testament. And uh, we love the Psalms. If you're not familiar with the Psalms and you're looking for something to read that's, um, that you can relate to on an emotional level, it's not like heavy uh, doctrine or dogma or anything like that, then you'll really enjoy the Psalms because you have these kind of cries from the heart, from the authors, and uh, we, we connect with them because we relate to their experiences and their emotions. And today, uh, we're going to cover the subject, angry prayers. I call it angry prayers. And um, this psalm is one of the examples of this. It's what we call an imprecatory psalm. And uh, an imprecatory psalm is just a fancy term. It means that the author of the psalm is actually calling down calamity and judgment and destruction and vengeance on their enemies. So it, they're really quite strong uh, when we read them. Uh, just reading Psalm 140 as an example, and we're told this is again of David who writes this. But listen to the... the um, uh, how he so-called imprecates others. Rescue me, O Lord, from evil men. Protect me from men of violence who devise evil plans in their hearts, who stir up war every day. They make their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Back in that day, he would know exactly you know, he'd know a lot about serpents and vipers being out there in the, in the desert in the Middle East. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Protect me from men of violence who plan to trip my feet. Proud men have hidden a snare for me. They, they have spread out the cords of their net. They have set traps for me along my path. O Lord, I say to you, you are my God. Hear, O Lord, my cry for mercy. We've seen that many times from David. O sovereign Lord, my strong deliverer who shields my head in the day of battle. Do not grant the wicked their desires, O Lord. Do not let their plans succeed or they will become proud. Let the heads of those who surround me be covered with the trouble their lips have caused. You see that? Let burning coals fall upon them. Oof, that seems very, very harsh, right? May they be thrown into the fire, into miry pits, never to rise. So much anger and judgment. Let slanderers not be established in the land. May disaster hunt down men of violence. I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Surely the righteous will praise your name and the upright will live before you. It's one of the examples of an imprecatory psalm. Uh, so what do we do with this when we read this? I mean, I find a lot of times when people pray, we pray in a kind of very serious fashion. It's just, we watch our, you know, we watch our motives. We watch our language sometimes and we Maybe sometimes people pray in a joyful way, in a celebratory way, but very rarely do we talk about praying angry. 
and what I'll call angry prayers. So I want to ask you a few questions to get you going a little bit here uh, on this whole subject. And you can play along at home if you like. If you're watching online, it'd be a little 20 second delay, but that's okay. I'm curious, uh, this is decent in-person attendance here. What makes you angry? If you want to just shout out a few things to me. Selfishness. So selfishness how? In other people? Okay, yeah, yes? Frustration. Frustration. So you get frustrated. Frustration leads to anger. Okay. Traffic. Traffic. <laughs> we have a term we use as RR when it's traffic. We call that road rage when it gets to that point, right? Yes. So you're, you're, someone's late. No show. Makes you, yeah, okay. Wrongly accused. Okay, interesting. Yes? People don't listen. Makes you angry. Okay, yes? Entitlement. Okay, unpack that for me a bit. Okay, so they have a sense of entitlement. Yeah, that, yeah. I can hear that. Yes, you said, I'm sorry? Right, okay, so kind of they're entitled, and they walk around with a sense of entitlement. Yes? Abuse of power. Okay. Favoritism. Okay, yeah. I'm hearing a kind of common theme here. Yes? Politics. Politics. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that one alone. That and religion. When you expect God to? to yes. Yeah, so, so when, when, you know, injustice and evil seem to run wild and God doesn't seem to be doing anything, yes. Misinformation to the masses. Oh, boy. Okay. We're treading on areas here. Yes. One more, vaccines. Vaccine. <laughs> to vax or not to vax, yes. Also the masks. Too. The masks, Okay. Uh, anybody else? Interesting. All right. So, see, a lot of what you're saying has to do with um, somebody did something wrong. There's a wrong that's happened. Uh, whatever. It's entitlement. It's injustice. It's lies. It's these kinds of things, or perceived that way at least. There, then there's that results in anger. So a lot of it has to do with hey, something has happened here that's not right, and you get this emotion of anger. Does that sound uh, fair? That, so my next question then would be, is anger sin? Because in, in a lot of uh, Christian contexts, then anger is, is viewed as, you, well, you can't get angry, you know, you've got a I don't know. Uh, it's almost viewed as a bad emotion. How many of you think anger is sin? Okay, you can get angry but don't stay there. It's an emotion. Don't act on it. Right. But that's like a, like a curse word, 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, there. It, that's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting question because the 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 answer, if you look at the Bible, is sometimes. So it, he did get angry. Yes. Well, I mean, that's why I say, in my view of what the scripture is teaching, it seems to be sometimes. In other words, you can get angry and it can lead you down to places of sin. It can, it can take you to a place where you're saying and doing things that you are now wrong. You have now let that anger turn into your behavior. So, uh, you know, someone cuts you off on the road and you you get aggressive you chase them down and you run them off the road and you pull them out of the car and you start pounding them i mean i've seen videos like this i'm sure you have where people have actually done that and you know maybe the person who's doing the punching might say well i'm justified the other dude was wrong but i mean we look at it and we say oh boy you know you're both wrong now i mean there's you've now crossed the line and now it's it's you're out of control now. So, and give the example of Jesus. He did get angry. The most famous um, example is, is which one? Let's see if you know. Right, in the temple, he, he comes in and he sees that there, there um, basically what's going on there is there's a, people are being ripped off. So they have to do an exchange. Uh, they have to buy sacrifices and so on to, to present at the temple. And they're being ripped off. They're coming in and, and the people who are selling those, those doves and whatever are overcharging. Or the exchange rate is too high and they're being ripped off. So they're being prevented from worshiping. And this angers Jesus. And what does he do? He tips over all the tables and he says, get out of here. You turn this place into a den of robbers. It's a house of prayer. You turn it into a den of robbers. Sometimes it's misinterpreted and, you know, anything that happens in a church that has to do with money, Jesus is angry, tips it over. No, that's not what it meant. They're coming in there to worship. They have to pay. They have to exchange money to get sacrifices. They're being charged exorbitantly, being stolen from. And Jesus says it's a den of robbers. It angers him. So he didn't sin there. So the answer is maybe. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And the Bible gives cautions here. Uh, the half-brother of, of Jesus, James, he says, man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God requires. So he's being critical of a kind of anger there, which he just labels kind of broadly as man's anger. So sometimes it, it, it's, it's good, sometimes it's not so good. Uh, we talked a little bit last week about uh, uh, depression. We touched on it a bit in our message. And um, you, you may not realize it, but there is a difference. This is not exactly popular to say these days, but there is a difference in the way depression uh, manifests itself in women and the way it manifests itself in men. There's a difference. It's fairly well known this in in psychological circles and men when men get depressed their tendency is anger uh, it's a little bit different for women in general but in with men it's anger and i've read several books on this uh and men get to a point where it's not that they just get angry they are angry they're angry all the time and sometimes it starts with 
with the depression that is not realized, not checked, not, not uh, acknowledged or admitted. And men have a really hard time admitting it. And it turns into full-blown anger. And then you see men behave in ways that put them in jail. And, you know, we wonder why. Sometimes the root cause of that is a, is a depression that was not admitted to or acknowledged or anything. Uh, so anger can be sinful, can be, but it also cannot be. So it's a bit of a hard question to say yes or no, depends on the situation. Uh, so another question then would be, all right, well, if sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good, how do you manage it then? How do you, how do you deal with it so that, you know, you've, you've so-called managed your anger and you can go to anger management, you know, classes and counseling and all of that, all of which is fine. But how do you manage anger? Bring it to God. I'll sit down now. That's my message. With a little puppy. <laughs> okay. Get a pet. Talk to someone. Someone said something? How do you manage it? Oh, it's a little more quiet. I'm getting personal. Regroup. Okay, count to 10. Take a deep breath. Well, what's that do? Okay, so the idea is you're trying, to, you're trying to calm yourself so you don't look like this guy, right? So you're, you're trying to find a way to, to control the emotion because it's a very, very powerful emotion, anger. And, it, you know, it gets your adrenaline pumping. When your adrenaline is pumping, your body is capable of doing things that it wasn't capable of doing before. Anger, when used in a certain way, can lead to uh, aggression, like physical aggression. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way, right? It all depends. What other ways do you manage it? Put your hand in the freezer. Okay, I'll stop getting answers from you, Omar. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, after bringing it to God, you channel it in positive ways. Yes? Name it. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, name it. Don't try to hide it. So, pardon me? Speak about it. Yeah. Accept that it's part of you and work on it. Yes, good. Think of the multiple things that, you're, that are making you mad and think about if it's actually worth it. True. Sometimes we get mad at really stupid things. Ask any couple. Yes. Don't beat yourself up over it, okay? Good. All good, all good answers. Interesting. I can tell you've had some experience in the area. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Jackie. Let it go. <laughs> Don't hold it back anymore. Let it go. If you want to let it go, you have to go to prayer. Okay. What if you're an atheist? You've got nobody to pray to. So you've got a, you've got a lot of experience in this anger management, I can tell. Next question for you. Does God get angry? Wow, I hear a lot of yeses. He used to. Interesting. Okay. 
it gets a little quieter when we talk, because if God gets angry, then where does that leave us? And that's kind of how we think of when God gets angry. We think of, well, there's lightning and thunder. That's God getting angry. Well, I mean, here's the problem. When we read the Bible, we love the, the, the presentation of the God of love and the God of mercy and the God of grace and the God of compassion and the God of forgiveness and the, uh, our Father. Uh, we love that presentation. But... We also see a presentation of God, and we talked about this before in the Psalms when we covered God the Avenger. We see God does, in fact, get angry. He does. Now, what is it that makes God angry, do you think? Disobedience? Sin? Broken loyalty. Interesting. Blasphemy, okay, interesting. Judas, yeah. Well, he was betrayed. He's the one who betrayed Jesus. I take you're talking about Judas and not Judas Priest, the band, the heavy metal band. What's that? Pride, yeah. Garden of Eden. Idolatry. Remember what made you angry? Do you think God gets angry at the same thing? It, many of the things that you said that make you angry make God angry. Because wh when you see God's heart in, and you read the Bible from cover to cover, he constantly mentions the widow, the orphan, the injustice to those people, mm, the marginalized, the irreligious the sinful, the ungrateful, his heart is for broken, marginalized uh, people who are treated unjustly. When he sees Im immoral behavior, when he sees injustice, when he sees people being taken advantage of, it angers God. So someone said sin. Well, that's sin. It, this angers God when he sees this kind of thing happen. It makes him angry. Now, the question is, how does God or how did God deal with this whole thing of anger? And he has to be. You have to understand that. He has to be angry at these things. If, God's, if the presentation of God's nature in the scripture is correct, and we have, we have God as all-powerful, um, and also uh, all holy, completely holy, completely powerful, oh boy, then he has to get angry at sin. He has to get angry at immoral behavior. He has to get angry at injustice. Otherwise, he's not completely holy. If he has no problem with it, he's not completely holy. But he's completely holy, and therefore he gets completely angry when he sees this kind of thing. Even small things like that make him angry. Even, even as Omar was trying to say that, you know, the, even the impulses and the motivations of people and, you know, the eyes get big kind of thing. Even that, the motivation, the wicked motivation of the heart makes God angry because it, he knows where that's going to lead. It's going to lead to behavior that's going to hurt people and it's going to be immoral behavior. It's going to be unjust behavior. So the question is, what does God do about this? 
The good news that we have, again, when you read the Bible cover to cover, is that God took care of that anger. I'll use a fancy Bible term, wrath. We see this term, in, especially in the Old Testament, this word wrath. We also see it in the New Testament, however. Uh, just read the book of Revelation and you'll see. Okay, God's wrath, his anger about sin is taken care of. Where? Yes. So the death of Jesus on the cross specifically is taught to us in the Bible as the satisfaction of God's anger, of God's wrath against sin. So what he does is, instead of doing what you see on the picture, where he's just going to, you know, wipe everybody out or something, or, you know, just make everybody pay, what he does is he makes one person pay. He comes down as one of us. This is the incarnation of Jesus. God becomes flesh in the person of the Lord Jesus, born in a vulnerable, very vulnerable state, lives a life of, uh, where he's completely vulnerable, where he experience every, experiences everything that we've experienced and more, and then goes to a cross voluntarily, having committed no wrong. Why? The way it's taught to us in the Bible is because God is angry and God pours out his vengeance against sin on who? His one and only son. Why? Because he loves the world. He gave his only son and his son pays the price voluntarily for all of us so that we can have peace with God and a relationship with God and fellowship with God and communion with God. That is the Christian message. It's not always popular, that part of it, when we talk about God's holiness and God's wrath. But if you don't understand that, you're missing a vital piece of the Christian message. Now then, when it comes to these imprecatory psalms then, we start to see why they're there. So I put four things on the, on the screen here for you to, to consider. First of all, an imprecatory psalm like we see here in David, and he's calling for, you know, all this vengeance to, to happen on these people and, you know, burning coals upon them and fire, and may they go into pits and never rise. And we, we, we can be tempted to look at that and say, well, you know, Jesus said, it said love your enemies, forgive your enemies, and this obviously contradicts the, the, the teaching of Jesus. So why is it here? Why is it in the Bible? It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to read it. I don't want to, I just want to skip over it and get to a more nice, more nicer psalm maybe. Well, be careful of that because in actual fact, an angry prayer does not contradict the teaching of Jesus. The teaching of Jesus is concerned about how you behave to your enemies, not how you feel about your enemies. And there's a difference. So uh, you are expected to love your enemies. You are expected to forgive your enemies. It's one of the ethics of, of Christianity. Why? Because you were an enemy of God. Because you were forgiven by God when you were an enemy of God. So if you've got an enemy, you need to forgive that enemy and you need to pray for your enemy. But that doesn't mean you're taking them out to lunch. 
That doesn't mean you feel good about your enemy. Well, where are you going to deal with that feeling of anger? How are you going to deal with that feeling of anger? Well, if you pray about it, you may pray all kinds of things like David prayed, you know, coals of fire and burning and all this. You see even worse in some of the Psalms. You see people call out judgment on, on the person, on the person's children, on the person's dog or cat. I mean, there's, there's so much a, 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 of a call for the wrath of God on people's enemies in the Psalms. It's almost embarrassing to read sometimes. Um, but, but that's emotion. And that's how the author is feeling. And good for the author to put that down on paper and to deal with it and to manage that emotion of anger. That doesn't mean that they're behaving that way to the person or to the enemy that they have in their life. It means that they're expressing this to God. That is not necessarily a contradiction of Jesus' teaching. He's more concerned about how you behave to that person rather than how you feel about that person. Do you see the difference? So um, it's not a bad thing to, to pray that way, uh, apparently. I mean, you've got about a dozen psalms that have this kind of stuff in it. You know, I've seen people um, take legal action uh, several times, even in church settings. I've seen it in different churches and so on. I've seen that happen. You know what happens when people take legal action? And maybe you've had it happen to you, or maybe you've been involved in a situ situation like that. They take legal action against the person, against the person's family, against the person's job, against the person's company, against the per everything they can just throw, sue everybody. Why? Because they're angry. And that emotion of anger just want everybody to pay. Well, here the psalmist is, is venting, if you will, and uh, showing that emotion and bringing that emotion to God. That's a very, very healthy thing to do. Now, does it mean that God is going to answer his prayer? Is God going to do this? Is God going to send the burning coals? Is he going to throw them into the fire, into miry pits, never to rise? Uh, there's a psalm where, where the psalmist is writing for the, for the Babylonians and their children to be dashed on rocks. Is God going to do that necessarily? Well, no, that's not the point. The point of the psalm is the author is expressing this, dares to express this directly to God. This is a very healthy thing. And you shouldn't be uh, of the view that, well, you know, if I'm angry, I better not tell God. If I'm angry at somebody else or I'm angry at a situation and I'm really, 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 I better not tell God. I better come to God and say, and, you know, come to God in a pious kind of serious fashion. I better, I better suppress that anger when I come to God because God's not going to like it. That's not what we see in the Psalms. In the Psalms, apparently, these people felt free enough to not only to pray that way, but to actually write it down. Many of these Psalms were put to music, or they had a literary style so that they could be recited and or memorized. So this was not just somebody upset. This was somebody upset who other people could relate to. So it does not necessarily contradict Jesus and Jesus' teaching. What are you doing when you're praying angry? You're focusing your anger, as one author puts it, to and through God. When you have God who you can talk to about these things, when you have God who you can pray about that anger to 
and through, you, that's, a, that's like the best way that you can manage and deal with that anger. And let me tell you, God is, is very capable of handling your anger and my anger and everyone's anger. He's extremely capable. He's not intimidated by your anger. He's not surprised by your problem. And you, you know, you feel this is wrong and this is wrong. You're angry at this person. You're angry at this system. You're angry at the whatever. Like that, it's not like God says, oh, well, I never thought of that one before. God knows already that you're angry. But when you express it to him and you're honest with him and you're transparent with him, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're growing in your relationship with God. You're praying to and through God about your anger. And that's an excellent discipline to develop when you are angry. When you pray angry, it helps you to avoid vengeance. So uh, one of the Psalms, it's right before uh, an imprecatory Psalm, is, uh, is Psalm 4. And you see in Psalm 4, uh, in your anger, do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. That's back in the Psalms. So he's not condemning anger. He's condemning uh, the, the sinful behavior that can result, not always result, but that can result from anger. And this is such a, an important little passage, apparently, that uh, the Apostle Paul goes through the, the trouble to quote it to the church in Ephesus in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Look how he does this, verses 25, uh, 25 to 28 talking about how people should behave, uh, you know, if they're, if they're followers of Jesus and so on. How should you behave? Well, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Remember that some of you said that that's what makes you angry. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. There he quotes that psalm. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and he goes further and do not give the devil a foothold what so he's he's saying there that unresolved anger in other words he wants you to deal deal with your anger quickly do not let the sun go down while you are still angry because if you do and you keep it in and you you suppress it then what happens he says you're giving who? The devil? A foothold? That's very strong language. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, must do something useful with his hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. I talked to a man who I've known for many, many years recently, and he is, he is angry. Uh, he believes that there are people who are speaking untruthfully about him as making him angry. And so I'm trying to help him to, to deal with that, with that anger as we, have, as we have talked. But the unresolved anger can lead to big, big problems. What can it do? It can lead you down a path of bitterness and down a path of vengeance. And God does not want you to do that. It's God's prerogative to take vengeance. It's his, he's the avenger. He's the one who meets out justice. He does not want you being some sort of vigilante uh, right fighter who's, who's uh, constantly, constantly taking vengeance on uh, your enemy. 
that happens so often today. It happens in, in marriage and relationships. Partners taking vengeance on one another all the time. They don't like this. They don't like this. They don't like. So what do they do? They behave in a certain way. And what they're really doing is they're taking vengeance on each other. And that's not what God wants. He doesn't want you to take vengeance. So when you pray about these things, when you search your heart on your, at night, so to speak, as the psalmist said, in your anger, do not sin. Be careful because that anger can take a hold of your life. It can turn into bitterness. It can turn ultimately into vengeance. And you're the one who's going to suffer the most in the end. You ever notice that? Sometimes your enemies are laughing and, you, and you're so angry. You're so frustrated with them and they don't even know what they did to you. They don't even care. And you're the one who's, who's up at night. And you're the one who's, who's uh, 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 sometimes your very body is starting to react. You're so angry. You're so frustrated. And they seem to be just having a wonderful time. So God does not want you to uh, be vengeful. And because of uh, being able to pray angry, so to speak, you can avoid that. And ultimately, it helps you. This is, again, uh, from Paul to be, in his words, again, overcome by evil. Wow. So people did evil to you. You get angry. You don't deal with your anger correctly. And you end up overcome by evil. You end up doing things and saying things that you shouldn't have done, that you shouldn't have said, that you didn't realize even that you were capable of doing or saying because that anger has overcome you. How does it happen? Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 17 to 21. Again, Paul writing to uh, another church, this time in Rome. And he says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In other words, it may not be possible, but as far as it depends on you, you make that effort to live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends. There it is again. But leave room for God's wrath for it is written, it is mine to avenge from the Proverbs, I will repay. If, uh, says the Lord, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. He's starving. You've got a chance to say to him, starve. But you don't. You feed him. Just as you would feed anybody else who's starving. You feed your enemy. Is your enemy thirsty? Well, give him something to drink. But what do you mean? He did this to me. She did this to me. I'm not going to help them. I see them in need. I don't care. Let them suffer. They made me suffer. I'm going to make them suffer even worse. What does God say? No. He's hungry. She's hungry. Give him something to eat. Wouldn't you give something to eat to someone who's hungry? They're thirsty. Give them something to drink. Now, do you think your enemy's going to expect it? No. Your enemy's going to, you, you've got the power to feed your enemy, to uh, give, give drink, to, in other words, to somehow practically do something to help your enemy who's now in need. 
Well, your enemy's going to say, there's no way this person's going to help me because they're angry at me after what I did to them. There's no way. And God says, no, you give them something to eat. You give them something to drink and watch what happens. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. So you really want to hurt your enemy, God is saying. You really want to do something to hurt your enemy. You really want to put your enemy through torment? Do something nice for them. You're going to drive them crazy because they're not expecting it at all. It, they're going to feel, why is this person doing this to me after what I did to them? They're being nice to me. You're going to heap burning coals on his head. Isn't that what you wanted in the first place? <laughs> burning coals on their head? Well, God says, let me tell you how to do it. The, the backwards way. Feed them. Give them something to drink. Wouldn't you do that for anybody? Doesn't mean you have to feel good about it. It doesn't mean you have to, you're entertained by it. But this is, this is the control of your behavior. And when you do that, you are demonstrating uh, maturity. And that can happen because you've got an angry prayer. That angry prayer and that focus of prayer to and through God can lead you to a place where, okay, now I'm able, if I see this person in the street, if they were, you know, in a burning building, I would save them. If they were hungry, I'd give them something to eat. If they were thirsty, I'd give them something to drink. Because I brought the thing to God, you see. I prayed to and through God about it, and I was able to refrain from vengeance as a result that can work in, in any that can work in your marriage that can work in your company that can work in your team that can work anywhere that principle but if you never pray angry then you may never build that discipline that's why it's not bad to have angry prayers let me pray for you as we finish up today, okay? Sean, if you want to come to the, to the, the stage and you want to play something on your guitar, that's fine. If you want to join him, you can as well, Viano. Uh, but I think, I think there's people in this room, people who are watching online, and you're like, man, that's, uh, that's backwards. That's a really different way of thinking about anger. I never processed it that way, never saw it that way at all. I'm having trouble with it. Uh, let me pray that, that God would help you to... to to figure it out um, and, to, and to deal with it his way. Father, I pray for each person in the room, those who are watching, those who will watch, those who are going to listen. Lord, uh, this is a, a, a front and center subject. Uh, there is so much anger in the culture. There is so much rage in the culture. People are angry at everything. And uh, there's so much behavior as a result that's bad uh, and so many things that happen that just add fuel to the fire and, and melt the pot of anger even further. So I pray, God, that you would help us to learn your way of handling it and uh, learn uh, the backwards principles that we see presented in your word. I pray for those who right now they're dealing with the situation in their life where they are angry and they have been wronged and they have been treated unfairly and unjustly and it's a constant, constant battle in their mind as this thing just keeps gnawing away at them and just eating them up inside. 
I pray, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would move in people's hearts and lives and you would bring us to a place where we can bring all of that stuff to you, where we can actually learn, God, to not take vengeance, where we can learn to not hate, where, God, we can learn to, uh, as, as you say in your word, feed our enemy and clothe our enemy and give uh, uh, water to our enemy. Uh, that we would be set free, Lord, that we would truly uh, trust in you and truly be able to say, I'm free because I have given it over to God. So I pray you would help people today. It is so hard to to uh, cross that line and to depend on you and to, to uh, believe, Lord, that you your way is actually going to work. I pray you would help people to understand it to, and to take that step toward you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Remember to pick up your kids. I think there might be still some more coffee, tea, and donuts if you want to help yourself. I'll be floating around at the front there. And if you want to give, we have people who can handle that for you as well. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you.